is Tuesday, September 26th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Eagles improved to 3-0. And Joe Burrow is back? Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Eagles improved to 3-0 with a 14-point win over Tampa. The Bengals no longer winless as Joe Burrow plays the full game. And Joe Namath says enough already with this Zach Wilson kid. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? I could care less about the team struggling. Struggling. I want (laughs) to kiss you, Zach Wilson. Well, let's start with Monday night. Night football, and we'll talk uh, with the going chronological order of what happened last night. And the first game was the Eagles, a 25 11 win over the Buccaneers. And it wasn't an Eagles clean, dominant performance, but the game was never really in no. doubt. Jalen Hurts playing under the weather claiming that many of the Eagles have been dealing with flu-like symptoms over the past week or so. Everyone's been sick, and I I can attest to that. Everyone's sick. Uh, But Jalen Hurts finishes 23 of 37, passing 277 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. From the first possession, he got A.J. Brown involved, two catches for 44 yards on the first possession, the first two plays of the game. So that was kind of their way of saying, hey, You you showed us arguing with each other on the sidelines. We're fine. We got him involved. Not only did they get involved early, but they got him involved often as he finishes with nine catches and 131 yards. Let's talk. Let me ask you guys if you feel the same way I do. We haven't discussed this previously off air, so I'm going to get the raw reaction from you guys. The Eagles are undefeated against the spread. For a team that had such high expectations, well, they lost week two against the Vikings. They didn't cover. Oh, I thought they they were they pushed right. Was right. it six? They, they pushed. Okay, right. two zero and one against the spread. So they are undefeated. Does it feel to you guys like the Eagles aren't like is they're not as good as we thought they were going to be? Oh, I, I feel like everyone's been downgrading them. I mean, you were a big Eagles yeah. guy coming into the season. You've seen three games now. Mm-hmm. Have you walked away from any of those three games and gone? There they are. There's my voice. No, they haven't shown up yet. They have not. And I said that I didn't want to bet the Bucks because I didn't want to be on the wrong side when the Eagles finally turn it on. Well, the Eagles won and covered last night, but they still haven't turned it on. Yeah. Had, and you know what? I thought maybe the first drive of the game that we were seeing it because they moved down the field with ease. But then they go for it on a fourth and two. Now, I'm not saying Nick Sirianni take the points there. But what I am saying is DeAndre Swift was just gashing the D early on, and he also looked fantastic last week. I mean, why not give the ball to DeAndre Swift instead? Or, you know, maybe like a Jalen Hurts run or something. But Kenneth Gainwell, for his first carry of the game, an undersized, smaller back, that's who you used on a fourth and two play. And looking at the, the replay of that play and the way that some of the receivers and the tight ends moved like ran out it was a it was a run pass option and Hertz made the wrong decision giving it to Kenneth Kenneth Gainwell he should have pulled it and either ran or looked for a quick pass because it looked like those tight ends and receivers were surprised that it was a run play yeah no doubt and 
listen, this is a an Eagles team that I thought the the fade against the Eagles this week was on the defensive side. I was just wrong. Like, and part of it was a lot of the guys who weren't expected to play played. Oh, Reed Blankenship's a beast. He, he was a, fa- a big factor, and that was a guy who I, I didn't expect to play. Um, but holding this Bucks this Bucks offense to eleven points, holding the Bucks offense to one hundred and seventy four yards, mm-hmm. th- that was the impressive showing. Like the, yeah. the defense exceeded my expectations. I'm still waiting on this offense to turn into what I think it could be. Uh, but then I also think to myself, did I get too excited about the Bucks? Like, did I let myself believe this two and zero start was real when I know they're not good? Mm-hmm. I know Baker. The teams they beat have not beaten other teams. Yeah, and let's be honest. The Bucks, what they're doing here with Baker Mayfield is very strange because everyone knows Baker Mayfield is not a long-term answer mm-hmm. for anyone at mm-hmm. quarterback. I don't think Baker knows that, but, but most do. Okay, <laughs> most everyone who's not – their last name's not Mayfield knows that. But the, – and the Bucks aren't a team that, it, that they don't like, – they couldn't have possibly gone into this season seeing themselves as contenders. No. So they have 70 million dead cap, by far the most in the NFL. Like, why? Rebuilding year. But why do you have Baker Mayfield quarterback you in a rebuilding year instead of someone who's got like. I thought it was going to be Kyle Trask. It was supposed to be Kyle Trask. And I think that at some point it will be Kyle Trask. It probably will be, yeah. But this was just another example of if you watch this game, you watch it and you go, why is Baker Mayfield out there? Mm. Like, what's, what's he doing? What's the goal with him? It's just a very. And listen, I get it. Todd Bowles probably realizes, hey, I've got to win football games. And maybe he thinks that right right now the best option for him to win some football games is with Baker Mayfield. Mm. Uh, because more than likely when Baker Mayfield goes, Todd Bowles also goes. But it, it is odd for a team that, like McKenzie said, everything from a cap standpoint certainly points to this being a rebuilding year. They're not trying to find out who their quarterback of the future is. That's – that's the sensible thing to do when you're in a rebuilding year is try and figure that out. That's because that's question one for the Bucks. No, no other question matters until they figure out who their quarterback is. I know it's not Baker Mayfield. Who's it going to be? They're not. They're not getting closer to finding out. Well, let's take a look at both of these teams now heading into Week Four, and the Eagles coming off the win. They're three and zero. They will host the Washington Commanders, who are coming off their first loss of the season, getting demolished by the Bills. This is a game that we targeted in the preseason, yep, because we felt that by the time we got to this game, there's no way the Eagles were still going to be seven point favorites over the Commanders, because that's what the line was. In the, in the preseason. Mackenzie, what are we looking at here for week four? Eagles minus eight and a half hosting the Commanders. So uh, it did move. Yeah, it did move, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised it's moved as much as it has. And it's very interesting because the look-ahead line was seven. So no adjustment for for the first two weeks. They're it's, like, the Eagles downgrade, Commanders upgrade. It's settled in at seven. What did we see? We saw right. Washington play a good team. Came back to earth. And get absolutely decimated. Yeah. And now and we saw the Eagles just cruise to a double-digit victory. Yeah. So without even trying. With a sick quarterback. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the commanders, to me, well, it's funny. The commanders and the Bucks through two weeks, 
were some of the the most surprising aren't teams. Ver- aren't they very similar teams too? Sure. Yes. Good defensive play. They have a couple of weapons, but the quarterback is just you know okay. I mean, one team has a quarterback that they're trying to grow and see what he turns into. The other one's a stopgap. But they feel like similar constructed teams. Do, do the Commanders have good defensive play? I mean, they allowed like a million yards to the Bills. Yeah. They they allowed the Broncos to put up a pretty good points. Like they I, have good name players. They, yes, they I've have good players. Young, yeah, 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 they have good players on defense. Yeah, I, the, the, and a defensive minded head coach. Some guy named Sweat, I think. The move makes sense just given what what we just saw from these two teams. Uh, so it was a good call playing that in the summer. And where are we? Nice to have a seven. Where are we on the the now Buccaneers going to New Orleans against the Saints? Now this one without Derek Carr. Exactly. It's probably going to be Jameis Winston starting against his old team. And the line really hasn't moved. Uh, maybe it's a downgrade for the Saints, but a downgrade also for the Bucks. Still th- catching three at New Orleans. Mm. I like the Saints. You have a full week to prepare now with Jameis Winston at quarterback. Uh, Jameis, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't Jameis doesn't inspire me. I, I'm, I'm struggling because I, I said this on yesterday's show. I, I thought Jameis Winston was like close to one of the 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 better, at least one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I don't know that for sure. And well, what do we see from him? Like McKenzie said yesterday, I mean, he still was ten of sixteen for 101 yards and didn't turn the football over. He had a better PFF grade than Carr, about the same QBR. They just missed the field goal, so he's not the hero. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe you're right. It just felt like they were never moving the ball when he was in the game. They weren't really moving the ball with Carr. It was not a no, good offensive. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It, I think it just the vibes felt different. It, it, the confidence yeah. level was down. Now, something else to think about is whatever downgrade, and I, it's probably more than than this, but like the downgrade from Carr to Winston. You also have to consider Alvin Kamara is back for week four. Yeah. So Alvin Kamara is is a – I know he's not a, he's a he's not a quarterback, so there's only a certain amount you can upgrade him. But remember, they were on the, their fourth running back this weekend yeah. or last weekend. So going from your fourth running back to Alvin Kamara, there's got to be a pretty good upgrade for the Saints there. Let's talk about the other Monday night game last night, the Bengals, a 19-16 win over the Rams. By the way, both games, unders. Primetime unders, McKenzie. Prime time 60% unders. since 2012. Primetime unders. Joe Burrow plays, plays the full game, 26 of 49 passing, 259 yards, does not throw a touchdown. He does throw an interception. And there were times watching this game, it still didn't look like Joe Burrow is times. 100%. The entire game. Yeah. Is, if you mean times like the entire game, yeah. Um, Joe Burrow doesn't look himself. And... If they were not 0-2, I don't think Joe Burrow plays in this game. Well, that's what he said afterwards. He said that the the, the 0-3 hurts worse than re-injuring himself. Yeah, I I think everyone realized, like, if Joe Burrow's not out there, they go 0-3 and and the season's lost. They didn't want to let that happen, so he's trying to – I think he's trying to tough it out until the bye week, and he's hopeful that the the bye week will give him enough time to, Mm -hmm. to get right. But Joe Burrow's quarterback rating, or QBR last night, was 25 that's not Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. and that's not – if that's Joe Burrow this season, the Bengals aren't that good. Defensively, the Bengals were phenomenal yesterday. We've been waiting for this Bengals defense to break out. They broke out yesterday, had a big day. They stopped Kyron Williams, who's been really kind of a uh, a, a nice little boost for the Rams. They they shut him down. They stopped Puka. Uh, they stopped Puka until really he had one big catch at the very end. Yep. Um, so the, the, the Bengals defense really showed up, but man, I, I, 
again, you're risking your your franchise quarterback's long-term health. I get it. You don't want to go 0-3, but what I saw here isn't promising, and there's still a few weeks to go before the bye week. I, I don't want to back the Bengals right now. Now, the Bengals' next two games are against the Titans and the Cardinals, uh, two teams that I certainly don't want to back. So I'll, I'll probably be out of these games completely. Actually, I guess, McKenzie, I'll, I'll ask you, uh, what what is the line on Cincinnati at the Titans next week? Bengals are now two-and-a-half-point favorites, so they are upgraded. I guess we have more certainty now because it was pick them when the look-ahead first opened. But does but that feel still, right? Uh, it's still under a field goal. It, yeah. if, if this was a normal Bengals season, they'd be north of a field goal favorite or at least a field goal favorite. Yeah, if you bet Tennessee. it in the summer, you were betting three-and-a-half-four. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I I don't know. I I guess if you're backing Joe Burrow, it feels like you're backing sort of the, the ghost of Joe Burrow. This doesn't feel like him. So Burrow had his worst game by QBR, you mentioned, 25. He also threw 49 times the most yeah, of the crazy. season. What do you guys make of that? I mean, they won the game by any means necessary, but this it was, was dangerous with Donald out there. This was the epitome of desperation. Yeah. Like it was, if we lose this game, we're out. And they're already 0-2 they're already in division. Like, to me, if you start 0-2 in division, the playoffs are an uphill climb to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, we always talk about 0-3. That's the magic number where it's like, yeah, you're probably screwed. But 0-2 in division is almost worse than yeah. 0-3 overall. As coaches always say it's worth a game and a half. So It's surprising to see that they are only two-and-a-half-point favorites when you consider that you people are probably downgrading the Titans oh, off no of the, the loss of the Browns, and you're looking at a team in, in Cleveland – that handled the Bengals 24 to 3 in week 1 and the Titans they handled the Titans 27 to 3 you would think it, that the Bengals would be much more than a field goal in this game I, I just asked a dumb question McKenzie I asked you what the line was mm-hmm. what's the total why aren't we betting the under already right now I'm gonna before guess. it drops can I guess can I guess? guess yeah 36 and a half 42 and a half. What? We have to bet this under. How are both of these teams getting in the 20s? We yeah. have to bet this under. All right. And you called that yesterday morning on the on the uh, Monday night football game. That didn't get close, even with two touchdowns. No. I mean, this is uh, until Joe Burrow is right, you're going to get inflated numbers mm-hmm. on the Bengals because the Bengals offense, it's Joe Burrow, it's Jamar Chase. And if you look at Jamar Chase's stats, you go, wow, Jamar Chase, what a day. And it led to 19 points. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and by the way, speaking of, of that, it's like Joe Burrow, his QBR when he throws to Jamar Chase has to be like 80. When he throws to T. Higgins, it's like 10. When he's throwing to T. Higgins, it's like he's never thrown a football before. Two catches on eight targets. He was nowhere close on half of them. I don't understand. I guess you've got a connection with somebody. But, man, if the Rams were any kind of decent in the secondary, they would have done something to take away Jamar Chase, make anyone else beat them, and they just couldn't do it. T. Higgins went to the locker room in the third quarter. Maybe that was a safe face. Maybe he had a nagging injury, and he'll be better. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't look very good. He and Burrow don't look very good. But uh, under 42 and a half, is that the best number we can get out there? Is there a book with a 43? Give me a 43, Matt. Come on, baby. Yep, 42 and a half at every book that has it. Oh, balls. Okay. 42 and a half it is. Uh, I, I I just can't get there. It, it, I mean, the tight, we know the Titans. Listen, another thing, we saw the Bengals defense tonight dominate. I, I said this last week when I picked the Browns over the Titans. The Titans offensive line is so raggedy right now. I, I don't know how you want how, how you expect them to score. And Joe Burrow, I mean, he's got one leg. Where How's he going to score? 
42 and a half is a gift. Well, let's take a look at this Rams team now going into next week. They're going to be in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Uh, again, <laughs> great Charles Barkley commercial against the Colts. What's the line in this one, McKenzie? But where is it? It's in the Annapolis. <laughs> the Rams are dogs. This is flipped back and forth in the look ahead window, but now the Colts are one and a half point favorites hosting the Rams. And, and we don't know if it's Gardner Minshew or uh, Anthony Richardson, but hey, right. Minshew led them to a win on the road in Baltimore. Yeah. I, I mean, and honestly, the, the Colts, uh, they're. They're going to be probably better against a guy like Minshew than they would be against Richardson. The Colts, it seems like their pass rush may be one of the strengths of that team. Um, but I, I don't know that it matters much. I, th I think in the overall scheme, those two guys, are, are they're probably about even right now. Yeah, I think um, I think Stafford indoors, probably a little more comfortable uh, getting getting those receivers going, Puka and Tutu. Uh, on the on the turf indoors probably to their advantage um and the colts defense not as great as the defense that they saw last night so yeah. maybe the offense gets a little go it gets gets going i wouldn't mind taking a look at an over in this game what's the total we got 44 and a half yeah i wouldn't mind taking a look at the over because i think the colts are capable of scoring and as they've shown like i know it was a you know a, a tough game there against the, the ravens but you know they put up points against the texans got into the end zone a few times against the jaguars um, I think they, I think we can see some points in this game. Like, what what do we think? What do we make of the Rams' defense at this point? Because remember, the Rams' defense were, was really good in Week One against Seattle. Mm -hmm. Thirteen points. Uh, they were. I I mean, Joe Burrow's hurt, but they were really good last night. Their one bad data point is against the San Francisco 49ers, who are going to make a lot of teams look bad. And I, like the Rams just aren't on that level. But uh, I mean, if you're if you're against bad teams. Or, or average teams, which right now the Seahawks and Bengals look like average teams. You're allowing 16 points a game so far. It seems like maybe they could hold down the Colts a little bit. Elsewhere around the NFL, and specifically speaking of week four, uh, the Raiders are at the Chargers in what we expect will be a very pro Raiders crowd. Uh, but Jimmy Garoppolo announced in the concussion protocol. So not sure if he's going to be the quarterback for this game, which means we might get Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. I mean, O'Connell looked great in the preseason, but what's the line on this game? So did Kenny Pickett, though. Yeah, that's true. What's the line on the game, McKenzie? And uh, did we see any movement from the opener? What's what's the situation? Yeah, a little bit of movement from the opener and the look ahead. Chargers were four and a half point favorites. Now they're five and a half point favorites. But what's interesting is that move happened before it was announced Jimmy G was in concussion protocol. Maybe some people heard it before others. Yeah, so uh, Brian Hoyer has been active for every game so far. Aiden O'Connell hasn't even been active yet for a regular season game, so I don't know if they would go to him as the starter. It would probably be Brian Hoyer. But if it's Brian Hoyer against the Chargers, this line is going to move yeah, dramatically. No. The line movement tells me that Jimmy G probably pays 80%, but if you get an inkling that that's not the case, five and a half seems like a steal, yeah. even with the home field disadvantage. Yeah, I would agree with that. Speaking of the Chargers defense, uh, it looks like now, well, last week they played without J.C. Jackson, who mm -hmm. was a healthy scratch. You could argue J.C. What was the word on that? Why did they not play their most expensive Well, here's feedback? the here's the word. The word yesterday came down that J.C. Jackson, uh, a warrant was issued for his arrest. He violated oh. his probation. Well, uh, he knew where he was. He was in street clothes right there. He's yeah. right there. Thus <laughs> a, a healthy scratch. But also, I mean, go back to week one. Think about how bad he was against the Dolphins. And I, I would make the case that the Dolphins are not 3-0 and if J.C. Jackson 
isn't a isn't terrible week one, but also the penalty that he had right before halftime where he just randomly shoves a receiver for no good reason, like and pretends yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe this won't get called and just gifts the Dolphins a field goal before the half. Like at the end of the game, you look back and you go, oh, lost by two points. That's the difference in the game. You cost them the game. How much different are we talking about the Dolphins and the Chargers two seasons if that result is flipped? And it was they're both coin, two and one. It yeah. was a coin flip going down the stretch. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a it's a whole different world. It really is. But uh, I mean, I think after the Dolphins put up seventy points, we're still talking about them. The we way would still think talking. they're good. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. But we'd also yeah. say, man, the Chargers. Chargers a must team. have. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. I mean, right. there's something to that. So. Uh, but yeah, J.C. Jackson. I, I I don't know. Like like, do, should we expect him to be out there on Sunday? I don't know. But I also don't know that it matters. I, I like this looks like another case of Patriots player does great in New England, leaves and secures a giant bag, mm. uh, plays terribly, gets cut. Goes back to New England on a cheap deal, plays well for Bill Belichick. Like the circle of life that <laughs> yeah. happens with New England Patriots, particularly defensive players, that feels like what this is headed to. Yeah, could possibly be. Um, you mentioned Joe Namath at the start of the program. Uh, I want to kiss you, yeah, Scott. Yeah, he. Um, was <laughs> I'm on. really hoping Joe Namath said something like that because I don't get the joke, and you just you're just go, coming onto each other left and right. I don't get it. Okay, oh, so man. there was a very <laughs> there was an infamous uh, Monday Night Football interview. Was he wearing a big fur coat? Where yeah, he was of course. Uh, where Joe Namath was Susie Colbert drunk on the sidelines being interviewed by Susie Colbert. She's a cutie. And well, Joe Namath also saw <laughs> yes. it. He also thought so. And so for those who are not aware. And Namath went into, like, uh, you know, uh, alcohol abuse program after this and, and all that stuff. But this was the interview that was on Monday Night Football. I believe uh, everything that anyone else has watched uh, Chad play uh, impresses me. The same thing impresses them. What does it mean to you now when the team is struggling? I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. I want to kiss you. Thanks, Joe. I'll yeah! Take a huge compliment. Yeah, you know Joe Namath, part of the four-decade team. So that was the infamous Joe Namath interview uh, with Susie Colbert on Monday Night Football that we were referencing when he says, I don't care about the team struggling. Uh, well, now he does care uh, because he was on ESPN New York's The Michael K Show where he essentially said, Zach Wilson's probably the worst quarterback I've ever seen, and we got to get rid of him. That that literally, that's well, that wasn't the exact quote. But I've I'm never heard one take more universally recited than the take that they just can't roll Zach Wilson out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure it's wrong. It's just remarkable how every walk of life, someone, everyone's getting to the microphone and saying, "Guys, what are we doing here?" Yeah, and um, he wound up saying, "Quote: I wouldn't keep him. I've seen enough of Zach Wilson." He's an authority in this case. It's hard to argue with him. I, I mean, I, but what what do the Jets do? It's I mean, if you're not going to go get a Carson Wentz or, or Matt Ryan or Robert someone Griffin like III, that, I heard he's available. Uh, Matt Ryan uh, said he's not interested. He did. Oh, say I, that I can't. Yeah. He he said, "Who's the OC?" Yeah, not <laughs> interested. No, but like, there's if you're not going to go get someone like that. Tim Boyle isn't going to make things better. So uh, there's got to be an alternative that's not Zach Wilson or not Tim. Like someone who's not on the roster today. Taylor Heineke. He's he's on a roster. Like these guys are are guys who are out there like – you don't think that they their teams would trade him or the price would be too high because obviously the Jets aren't going anywhere this season. Carson Wentz? 
I mean, Carson Wentz is available on the he's free available. market. You don't give up assets for him. Apparently, he's not fun to be in the locker room. Uh, that's the other concern is, like, the teammates apparently don't like to be on his team. Who cares? You cut him after, like, five weeks. Whatever. See what happens. Nick Foles? And Nick Foles is out there. Uh, that's a guy who uh, it would maybe make some sense. I, I don't know. These aren't guys who are going to make you a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Carson Wentz probably doesn't even make you a playoff contender. But – he keeps you from being a total embarrassment. And right now, the Jets are embarrassed. Yep. Jets fans are embarrassed. I mean, if anything, you, you learn from Twitter, and just like the players, how I said they went into this season with the, with these high hopes, and they've been dashed, and now like the players don't know how to react to it. I think the fans are the same way. I'd never seen Jets fans go into a season with so much hope as I did this offseason, and now it's just gone. You see Mike Greenberg react to Aaron Rodgers saying he might come back this season? He was flipping out. He was like, this is as great as anything else. <laughs> they have to be in contention for him to make the most miraculous comeback in sports history in four months. Yeah, and right now they do not look anything close to a team that could be in contention. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery, and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness, and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Uh, the final series, the final two series of the Major League Baseball season are underway. More will begin later on today. But last night, we had some jockeying of playoff positioning. First, the Rangers won their sixth straight game, beating the Angels 5-1, to one, and they strengthened their hold on the AL West. They are two and a half games up on the Houston Astros. But the Astros, 
not going quietly into the night as they have strengthened their hold on a wild card spot by beating the Mariners 5-1. to one. AJ, this was our DraftKings dog of the day. This was the dog of the day, an easy winner on the dog of the day. And, McKenzie, what's what's the, uh, the AL West odds now? Because, obviously, Rangers win, Astros win. Mariners lose, this can't be good news for Seattle. Yeah. No. 17 to 1 was the payout now for the Mariners. They are distant third favorites. Rangers are minus 650. Astros are plus 550, but yesterday we were talking about Astros minus 125 to mm-hmm. make the playoffs. Now minus 250. Yeah, so the Astros are two and a half back of the Rangers for the division. The Mariners are four games back in the division, but the Mariners are the third wild card right. Excuse me, the Astros are the third wild card right now. Mariners a game and a half back. So with every win here for the Astros over the next couple of days, it's going to push the Mariners out of the postseason picture. If the Mariners do not win. They've lost four straight right now. If they do not win the next two games, mm-hmm. the, if they lose two out of three to the Astros, yep. I'm comfortable saying they're eliminated. But if they sweep the Rangers, yeah, I guess the Rangers I, I mean, the have Rangers, separated the, themselves. Yeah, the yeah. gap is already too yeah, wide. Right. I, I mean, so it, they have to win mm-hmm. the next two games against the Astros, or, or it's pretty much over for them. In the National League, the Padres lose a Son tough of one. A bitch. <laughs> I, I was on this too, AJ. Don't be mad. I was uh, on it as well. But the Padres. Nine hits? How do they only get one run? Yeah, Blake Snell on the mound, the National League Cy Young Award winner. The Padres score one run in the top of the first inning, and that's it. For the rest of the game, bullpen comes in, and it was Robert Suarez allowing two runs in the bottom of the eighth inning as the Giants keep their slim postseason hopes alive, beating the Padres 2-1. to one. The Giants are now four and a half games out of a wild card spot. The Padres five and a half games out. And while not mathematically eliminated just yet, they're eliminated. They can be eliminated today. So uh, I hate them. It, it's yeah, it's tough. Hey, listen, I put the bet in on the Padres to make the playoffs. I thought it was going to happen. Um, they, you know, a little too too little too late. Bad loss on Saturday in extra innings. Bad loss last night as well. Let's take. But a look. let's think about this though. Over the last what twelve games? Yeah, their two losses are an extra inning loss mm-hmm. and a one run loss yep. that they had a one zero lead going into the eighth inning. In yep, that's pretty wild. Listen, of the teams that are not winning their division. In the National League, only three have positive run differentials. The Phillies at plus 80, the Cubs at plus 101, and the Padres at plus 90. Everybody else has a negative run differential. Yeah. It's 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 crazy how this team, when they win, they win big. And when they lose, they lose by narrow scores. Well, they cost me yesterday. Mm-hmm. They're they're officially dead to me. Yep. I cannot I cannot back them again. Uh, Here's what's on the schedule for today, and all of our odds are courtesy of our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. And the day will start with an afternoon game, a doubleheader, in fact. The Dodgers at the Rockies. So it's a beautiful day. Let's play two. Dodgers at the Rockies. Not sure what the pitching situation is going to look like, so just be careful when you're placing these bets, as always. But the first game will be uh, 310 Eastern time. And then uh, the nightcap later on. I would expect Bobby Miller for the Dodgers to start one of those games. And uh, that's all I know right now from the Dodgers' perspective. Uh, Elsewhere, the Reds are at the Guardians. Cincinnati, still alive. Hunter Green on the mound. Lucas Giolito counters for the Guardians. That's got to make you feel good. It's it's an (laughs) even split. It's minus 10 both ways. Uh, Right now, looking at the standings in the National League wildcard race, the Reds two and a half games out. So still 
alive. Nationals are at the Orioles. Baltimore's minus 240. Kyle Bradish on the mound against Josiah Gray. The lead in the American League East is two and a half games for the Orioles over the Rays. Royals are at the Tigers. Zach Greinke against Reese Olsen. Pirates at the Phillies. Mitch Keller, Aaron Nola. Yankees at the Blue Jays. Michael King gets the start for the Yankees. Kevin Gosman on the mound for the Blue Jays. Toronto is minus 160. And right now the Blue Jays are holding on to the second wild card position. Game and a half on top of the Astros. So, And they have both the Yankees and the Rays to finish out the season. So they can't afford to drop some games because let's say the Mariners do wind up beating the Astros and they split the series and then Mariners pick up some wins against the Rangers who might be resting or whatnot. I don't know. There's a chance the Blue Jays lose some games and and slip out of this thing. They need to just secure their spot, pick up a couple of wins. Well, yeah, and listen, I know the Yankees have no chance to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but the Play Yankees, spoiler are, they're sitting at 79 and 77, and we talked about Finish this maybe a month ago. Yeah. It, like, you don't want to be the first team in, in what, 40 years mm-hmm. or whatever it's been for the year? Only 30. Uh, it was a thir- like, like yeah, the 19, year before, 91? Was it 92? Yeah, somewhere. It was like around Derek Jeter's rookie year was the last time. Before Brian Cashman became the general manager. Well before that they finished below 500. So the, this Yankees team doesn't want to do that. Uh, expect them to keep fighting. But, man, the Blue Jays, you're right. They've got to get wins. And we talk about this. We've talked about it a lot this year. Kevin Gossman at home, mm-hmm. a, a different animal. How are the Baby Bombers doing? The baby bombers. Yeah, I mean, how are they all hurt? Guys? Jason Dominguez had uh, Tommy John what surgery. A of a yeah, they're hurt. The team is just whatever. Everybody on the Yankees is yes. hurt. The, the old guys are hurt. The young guys are hurt. <laughs> yeah. They're all feelings it, are hurt. Scott's feelings are yeah. hurt. The whole thing hurts. Here we go. The Marlins are at the Mets. Miami's minus one thirty with Braxton Garrett on the mound. Joey Lucchese goes for the Mets. The Marlins currently sitting at one game out of a wild card spot. One game behind both. The Cubs and the Diamondbacks, who are tied for the two and three wildcard spots. We mentioned the Rays two and a half games back of the Orioles in the AL East. They are in Boston tonight to take on the Red Sox. Zach Eflin goes for the Rays. Tanner Houck for Boston, Tampa minus 130. Help me understand this line. Eflin's been one of the better pitchers for the Rays all season long. They are in a, a, a situation where they're desperately trying to win games. The Red Sox have basically rolled over and died. Minus 130 feels like a short price. Are they desperately trying to win games, though? I mean, they're, they're locked into a they're at at worst the first wild card team uh, in that wild card series. I think and, if you've got a chance to avoid the wild mm-hmm. card series, you try to avoid the yeah. wild card series. Yeah, and and it's two and a half games is a lot. And and looking at the Orioles' schedule against the Nationals and against the Red Sox, I, I just don't know if Baltimore's going to lose four of their remaining six games. All right, it's 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 tough. It's a it's a tall order. For the Rays, I think, to win this division. Uh, Cubs are at the Braves. Justin Steele goes for the Cubs. Bryce Elder for Atlanta. Braves are minus 140. And we have our DraftKings dog of the day. Let's go. Uh Uh-oh, it's the White Sox? It's the Chicago Cubs with Justin Steele on the mound. So the Atlanta Braves right now uh, have nothing to play for. They're locked in? They 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 have 156. Okay, the Dodgers are 96 and 59. The Braves are going to finish with the number one seed in the National League. The Cubs, meanwhile, they need to win desperation. They are tied with the Diamondbacks for the second and third wild cards. I mentioned only one game up on the Marlins, two and a half games up on the Reds. And you have Justin Steele on the mound. 
the second or third best pitcher in the National League this year, desperate for a win. I think the Cubbies pull one out here against the, against the Braves. I don't mind that play. Diamondbacks at the White Sox. Zach Davies goes for the Diamondbacks against uh, Jose Urena for the White Sox. Arizona's minus 145. Arizona needs the win. They're chasing the wild card, or they're in position right now, but they can't if they lost to the Yankees, so they got to pick up a win here against the lowly White Sox. And Urena is 0-6 with a 727. Right. The White Sox, their, uh, their priority now, avoiding losing 100 games, yeah. which they need to go 3-3 three and three down the stretch mm-hmm. to avoid that. A's are at the Twins. Paul Blackburn for the A's. Bailey Ober for the Twins. Cardinals at the Brewers. Zach Thompson for the Cardinals. Adrian Hauser from Milwaukee. Uh, Rangers at the Angels. Not sure what the Rangers are going to do with their pitching situation just yet, but Reed Detmer is scheduled to go for the Angels. That's good news for Rangers backers. Yeah. Padre, whoever it may be. Padres at the Giants. Seth Lugo for the Padres. And Kyle Harrison for the Giants. This is it. Padres last stand. It's it, it's very unlikely, but, you know, it, it, that's just, hey, they're still mathematically in it. Uh, Astros at the Mariners. Now, this is the game of the night, and it's Christian Javier for the Astros. George Kirby for the Mariners. Seattle minus 145. Does Seattle keep themselves in it? I think that we have seen um, Seattle fall off right now. It's been, what is it, four straight losses? Yep. However, Javier, he's the home road split guy. He's very good at home, not so great on the road. And it's George Kirby. We know he's going to be good through at least the first five innings. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to go beyond that. Six, seven at the most. Um, it, here's why I think I, the Astros should be able to score three, four runs here. Here's why I'd make an argument for the Mariners. I always talk about this with this Astros lineup, and I guess as the season's gone on, maybe it, it's not as fitting as it was early this year. But I always say, if you walk people, mm-hmm. you're asking to get beat by the Astros because if you, if you're putting on more base runners than necessary, you're you're screwed. And George Kirby just doesn't walk anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, the the best part about his game is he just he doesn't put you on for free. Uh, that usually is a good sign against the Astros. But man, you're right. It's hard to feel confident about this Mariners team right now. But again, the, you talk about the desperation of desperation spots. Mm-hmm. If they don't win these next two games, I don't Season's think the over. last series matters. I'm going to say over eight. Okay. For this game. And I, I'm going to say playoff atmosphere, five, four final. Okay. I don't know who wins, but it's a five, four final. Mm-hmm. I'm going over eight. Some NBA news. Yes. I know the NHL preseason has started. I'm excited about that. I'm starting to watch hockey. Are you? Yeah, it's, it's that's got, weird. Regular season starts October 10th. We gotta get ready. Okay. So preseason starts. We got to formulate. I'm gonna make some season long futures bets this okay. year. Okay. I'm gonna be looking at uh some you know the mighty ducks. No. I'm gonna be looking at some season long futures bets. Maybe some win totals, but maybe more importantly, uh, teams to make the playoffs. And I already gave out one bet. Ducks aren't making the playoffs though. For a team to make the playoffs. But I think uh, we're going to see about who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year soon. VGK going to make the playoffs. Probably. Yeah. They're pretty good. I think so. Banner raising time. Uh, but no, NBA news. Yes, there was, there was like, I, I'm, I'm cycling through the internet yesterday. and Is it news when they plant the story for us to read? Yes. It's news because. More like propaganda. It's, it's, <laughs> it's new to me. <laughs> uh, but I saw a headline. Toronto. Definitely a headline. I'll give you that. It's a headline. Toronto Raptors favorites to land Damian Lillard, Mackenzie Rivers, did, our NBA expert. Did the Raptors relocate their franchise to <laughs> Miami? Like, what happened here? No, they're, they're still North Beach. Oh, what happened? 
So there's been a report recently. Well, there's been two reports. One is that Miami has made their offer and they have no reason to up it because no, there's no competition. And they have like three other things they could add to the trade that the Blazers would take in a heartbeat because no one, there's no other competition. But they're just waiting, waiting around and play, playing a game of chicken. Then there becomes the report that there's a mystery team trying to get involved. Some people thought it might have been the Bulls, but it came more and more likely. It was the Raptors. Now we have this report. Boom. Two executives say they're the front runners to, to, to land Dame. I don't see it from a timeline perspective. They just got rid of Nick Nurse, their championship winning coach. They got rid of some of their best players, Fred Van Vliet. They don't seem to be like in a win-now mode, which Damian Lillard at his age definitely seems to want. What this seems to me is that these two random anonymous NBA executives <laughs> are trying to push along the heat to offer a little bit more mm. so that Portland can stomach losing the best – Maybe the best player since Clyde Drexler in their franchise history. If Toronto, if it's true though, like let's say this this happens, Toronto does land Damian Lillard. How does this change their outlook in the Eastern Conference? It's huge for them in the fact that they go from the tenth best team to the fourth best team. But it doesn't it doesn't change the title picture. It really doesn't. They but him going to Miami changes the title. Absolutely, picture. Yeah. they are one point guard, one lead scorer away, yeah. which is wild because they were the eight seed this year. But yeah. uh, they were one seed two years ago. The regular season's wonky. But but let's talk about Toronto because you said they go from maybe the tenth to the fourth. But you also said from a timeline perspective, it seems like the 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 Blazers aren't going to want a guy like Siakam who could like who the Bla- the the Raptors could ill afford to lose and stay competitive. It feels like the Raptors want young pieces and draft picks so the Raptors could potentially keep their core together while adding Dame Lillard. Yeah, because they just have three players under 22 that really haven't done anything in the NBA that they want to build their team around. I guess because Siakam, the way he plays, where he's more defensive-oriented, he's not a guy that you want to throw to in ISO very much, maybe he works with a younger time horizon and he doesn't mind being bad for three or four years. But I really think they rather have draft picks. They really rather build around um, their young players. He's Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA guru. I'm Scott Seidenberg. He's A.J. Hoffman. Make sure you guys go to pregame.com. Take advantage of a variety of great offers we have available for you. Discounted packages, season-long subscriptions. The NBA season's coming. The NHL season's coming. You want to get on board with those season-long packages. The preseason's going to begin shortly for basketball. Preseason's already underway for the NHL. So it's an exciting time. It's not just football season. You also have to start ramping up. I know McKenzie's doing his breakdowns right now, getting ready for the NBA season. There's a win total. I was talking to Sleepy Jay about this we just can't believe it we, mm. we don't know how to sell it where to sell it we just know that we both love this over it's completely mispriced love it and like i said i'm starting to dive into the nhl i'm reading that book that rj gave me about fantasy hockey so <laughs> it's supposedly like renowned for fantasy hockey yeah so and i'm doing <laughs> fantasy hockey this year so i'm trying to trying to get a leg up here on my league um and there's going to be a lot of great content available for you at pregame.com make sure you guys jump on board as soon as possible, new members get a free $25 just for signing up. I mean, how good is that? Like, if you're yeah. not a member, become a member. But how much does it 20. cost? It's free. But you got to provide a credit card. No, no, see. no. Just just sign up. Oh, really? Okay. Just sign up and get, get a free $25 and use that free $25 to get maybe a free daily best bet, right? Three-star best bet, 25 bucks. It's in your cart. Free NBA futures package. You can do that as well. So sign up new members. Get a free $25 at pregame.com. We are straight out of eight. And yeah.